0: Blog Talk Radio. they'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures, and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away.
1: Here we go. And once again, we are doing this live, but in separate locations.
2: Yes. Yeah. And on yep. equipment I don't usually use, so I feel extra weird and out of place.
1: Hooray! <laughs> yeah.
2: This is all so much
1: fun. So here, yeah. so basically, um, we're coming closer and closer to our favorite time of the year, Samhain. We're already in the, you know, we're working on the fall here and everything. Um, yeah. And... You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeling it. I'm kind of feeling it. It's, it's uh, getting me excited. Good. Yeah, yeah. And we'll be doing the Mystic Fair, which is here in Santa Rosa. I will be doing it. Um, it's uh, the 13th and 14th from 10 to 5 at the Santa Rosa Memorial Vet Center, and it's free to get in and free to park. And there's going to be lots of readers and good goodie people uh, vendors uh, and stuff like Elvira with Elvira I will be there big (laughs) big notice (laughs) but you know um, so that's my plug for that so I feel like I've done my bit for you know advertising (laughs) good good well done yes (laughs) there we are so, um, but anyway, other than that exciting experience for me this weekend, I will ask you the favorite question I always love asking. It's sort of a repetitive one. How was your week?
2: Ah, uh, hello, <laughs> Ira. uh my week was mostly uneventful, which is a good thing um. I've, I'm finding myself very short-tempered right now, so, like, little things that would normally I wouldn't have even registered or noticed, I'm, like, ranting about for an hour when I get home from from work. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not a great people person right now, <laughs> so I'm hiding a lot. Uh, and today we met with a vendor who I usually, he's from Australia, and he sells stones and rocks and minerals. And, and this October is like the do-all-the-things-to-prepare-for-the-holiday-madness, you know, at Milk and Honey. And um, so I have three separate stone mineral gem shows this month, and today was <laughs> wow. one of them, except it was a private show for just for me, you know. So I okay. bought so many cool, fun, and beautiful things for the shop, but then I've also had to spend all day processing and putting away and rearranging and moving things and it's fun. Um, it's definitely like my favorite part of my job is, is you know, buy, all my Venus in my chart. I like to buy things and make things pretty and decorate. Like I love it.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> but it has thrown my schedule off. I thought this was going to be a two to three hour project and it's turned into an all day into the evening project. So um, I'm also like oh. I, I'm just not feeling my normal, chipper self. <laughs> uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. How are you, Lyra? Well, you know, I was, you know, we, we briefly touched in before, you know, with technical difficulties and things, we kind of really hit yeah. some high points. And I was saying that I kind of feel the same way. I I'm just not all that... Out there, I know that tomorrow I have to turn you know it on because it's a fair and I will you know it comes naturally. It's kind of I'm, I was trained in theaters, so you know the old saying is there you go, your show must go on and put the face on and and then suddenly you are in it because you're you know drinking drumming up that energy. But this week has been kind of uh, dragging. I had people cancel on me. I was disappointed by not getting you know certain things together and then you know, computers having, you know, their temper tantrums and then going off to, you know, the the various medical things that, you know, like, oh, you have to have your wellness exam. Um, And I'm like, great, I'm well, thank you. Now can I go? And, you know, they're talking (laughs) about all the things you need. Like, oh, you need these tests and, you know, like, you know, to be sure you're really well. I'm going, okay, we'll negotiate. So, there's that and and uh you know it's just feeling not always right in sync but I have been doing a lot of hibernating I'll come home you know I'll do what I have to do work on our show or and then immediately turn the television on and watch um some of my favorite shows that are now up and running. One thing I do want to mention, and this was something that really touched me, um, I tend to like to watch Madam Secretary on – The uh, Sunday night, and it's with Tia Leone playing, obviously, Madam Secretary, and Keith Carradine, the president. And it's really very, it's kind of a a modernized version of West Wing without all of the other stuff that they did. But this particular show was about um, Pakistan and India creating a nuclear um, treaty and America being part of it. And then there was, you know, this major, they basically had a, a missile hit the Oval Office, and it basically went in the middle of what was happening and, you know, what this did to the Oval Office and the people and everything. At the very end, they were still going to go back on track and do the signing and everything, but um, the president wanted the secretary of state to give the speech, so she basically got the three past secretaries of state, which was uh, Madeleine Albright, Colin Powell, and Hillary Clinton, and they actually were on the show, and they were talking with her, and, Mm. you know... Obviously, they actually fit right in, so it wasn't like you felt they were trying to be actors in the sense of, like, try to say these things. But it came out that instead of the nationalism that is suddenly being very prominent in our country, but in other countries, as Colin Powell pointed out, he was saying we need to have, you know, the difference between nationalism and patriotism. And mm-hmm. the um, out of, you know, the E. E pluribus unum, out of many come one. Diversity makes, you know, comes to one that we are diversity. And when she did her speech at the end, it was very moving, and she talked about the difference between nationalism and patriotism, and and out of you know the diversity. And I was moved to tears, and I saw it again with a friend mm-hmm. of mine who wanted to see the show, and I was still moved to tears. And of course, they panned to the to the flag, and you know. It, it was very, I don't know, for all that maybe that's what I've been feeling is that the diversity and the divisiveness that has been going on to exclude different peoples, and whether it's political or social or whatever, and all these communities and forgetting about the, the dialogue and unity. So it, it touched me, and I think that maybe is where my energy was trying to connect to the unity rather than the, diver, you know, the the separateness.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. But it
1: really, it was, it was something that triggered my whole energy pattern, and it sort of I guess has been flowing in our in our day, our, in my daily events, and so that was a that was a high point actually. It was a very profound. Ooh. aha. So, right. yes, and of course, what we have our topic is the left-hand path which is very interesting because we're talking about you know the divisiveness the 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 uh, you know pushing one person's or a agenda onto someone else or a group onto another group and um here we have the left-hand path of magic which is a coercive mm-hmm. magic Right. So you can take it away from right. here and give me your thoughts on it, because I know you're just raring to go.
2: Well, well so I guess where I'll start, um, so there's this, It's. I don't honestly, I honestly don't know how long people have been using the term left-hand path, and maybe that's something that would be interesting to research. Maybe I'll look that up in a minute on the Google, the magic Google. Um, but... Growing up in witchcraft, you know, over the years, there's been the white magic, air quotes white and black magic, air quotes black. And, and Hang the on, reason it's I don't do like something
1: this- weird. Oh. I didn't I accidentally made a this is the glitching of the time, so at least I think uh, we're okay. Okay. No, okay. Well it sounds
2: okay to me. Does it sound okay to you?
1: <laughs> sounds okay to me too. So I will keep my uh, hands off of anything that's electronic right now except my <laughs> mic. <laughs>
2: All right, so technical difficulties, but we worked through it. We're here, we're back, and yeah, everyone okay. take a breath.
1: Okay,
2: so, okay. Um, so basically, white magic and black magic—white meaning good, black meaning bad—and that is uh, problematic. It's problematic because it sets up a racial divide. It sets up a, a color divide and meaning white is good and black is bad white is positive black is negative and and i think you know the root and the heart of of these terms is not racist however it is and so i i know many witches and pagans who have um stopped referring to magic as black magic or white magic and started referring to it as a left hand and right hand right meaning positive magic Magic to help things grow, magic to help things develop, uh, and left-hand meaning more of the cursing work, the the breaking of, uh, or the taboo work, the things that um, might be a little bit more malicious.
1: Um, Uh And
2: um, apparently this is an older um, esoteric system of describing black and white magic or positive and negative or however you want to refer to it. Um, it's been used in occult and ceremonial magic systems for a long time. Again, I don't know specific dates, but I do know that in older Western esoteric systems, it's been written about before. Uh, mm-hmm. And as a left-handed person, uh, it tickles me to think um, that the left hand is is the negative or the bad, because you know there's all these other things about being left-handed was considered a sign that you were, you know, that there was that the devil and people weren't allowed to be left-handed for so long and all of that. And I have, <laughs> I have all of these physical traits that fall like I'm redheaded and I have these, I have a weird birthmark on the back of my neck. Like I have all of these markers that I probably would have been burned as a witch for <laughs> I, in, the, in the right time period. Um find it particularly offensive but for me it feels very opposite because the le- my left hand is my dominant hand so that is the hand that I use most for sending and uh, you know focusing and pushing energy out so for me it feels opposite but I've, uh-huh. I think left-handed people in general are so used to having to flip things in our brains to fit the right-handed world that it's really not that big of a deal at least not for me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so anyway that's the whole like what is I've never heard of left hand magic before what is that that's what it is this, this is language so that we're not setting things up to be racially um, um, what is the word I'm looking for uh, uh, insensitive right okay so uh-huh. so that, that's, where, that's where I wanted to start with this conversation and really talking about left hand magic is a lot about the things that may have been questioned in the status quo of society. There may be the things that um, are a little bit darker or a little bit scarier or maybe a little bit negative. And some of that is cursing work, which brings up this whole conversation of ethics. And we have a whole show on spell work. Actually, I think more than one show on spell work. So I don't think we're necessarily going to focus on spell work tonight, but more about uh-huh. the bigger concepts. And that kind of thing. So, so there, there's my my first two second feelings about it. What, what do you think, Sylvia? <laughs> <Elizabeth? laughs>
1: what do I think? Well, it, you know, not only do I think, but I feel. I feel very strongly about taking away someone's free will because you want something or you feel you must have it, um, and. That, doesn't, that means to me that it's a small-minded point of reference. It's an I-me, and if you're trying to do something like, um, obviously there are terminologies here, but if you're using it as a defensive tool, it mm-hmm. is within a certain context of using uh, the, the, uh, the harsher, ways to, to use magic, but it isn't the kind of thing that, you know, waging war, it becomes part of that um, point of reference that I kind of was leading off with is the divisiveness of mine, mm-hmm. you, and that kind of, you know, situation, and um, so I have, I have certain feelings about uses of the the certain kind of spell works. Cursing to me, um, binding, uh, doing different tricks, different, you know, spells to, it's again, do we use a bulldozer to get what it is we want or do we use a little tractor, you know? I mean, it's kind of like the whole idea here is obliterate because somebody's doing something to me. And here's the, the other part of it is that the fear that that opens up is what those kinds of magics, the, the left-hand path magics, feed on. And right. I know, you know, we all have fear, so it's, a, it's, an, it's an inbred natural survival part of ourselves. But um, I really feel that ethically, um i i draw a line and i draw a, f- a very fine line when it comes to even certain kind of defensive work so um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which this co- this goes into and you know um it's interesting because when i started doing some of the the research and and get an idea of um what this is is that you know when i need to take care of something on a magical level, I try to find the, the, the less aggressive way first because I feel I'm all about negotiation and mediation and, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. Obviously, you, you get to someone who's aggressive or um, hostile or psychotic or any of those, and then you have to, you have to shift your thinking a bit, and how do you, how do you deal with that? So it is an ethical reference point. How do you deal with this personally?
2: Right, right.
1: Hmm. Are you asking me that question,
2: or is that more of a generic? Well, no, I was asking
1: you that question. It was rhetorical, (laughs) but it also was because you're on the other side of the the, uh, radio here with me. (laughs) Well, you know, I think part of it,
2: at least in many traditions where left-hand work or cursing work or uh, things like that, um, are part of the normal process of magical working is that uh-huh. it's justified? Uh, and uh-huh. so having some justification for doing that work. If there's, you know, if there's a predator in your neighborhood and you do cursing work against that predator, is that necessarily quote unquote negative? Is that bad? Uh, you know, so it it is. The problem with ethics is that there isn't one clear, definitive way of looking at things. It is not cut and dry. It is not black and white. It is much more complicated than that. And uh-huh. what may be ethical for me may be very different for someone else. And that's, you know, I've been teaching this witchcraft series um, this year. And one of the things that keeps coming up over and over and over again, it's like reinforcing my own path is the thing that's beautiful and the thing that difficult about being a witch or a practicing pagan is that there really aren't clear and defined rules there is no bishop or priest or minister or even god (laughs) who stands up there and says well this is good and this is bad like we have Uh to navigate the waters as humans on our own and 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 we also have to do that kind of without judging other people and that's hard too so it's It's you know your mileage is going to vary on some of these questions. What what feels um, appropriate for me, what feels just what's a justified working for Uh someone else maybe clearly not okay. And I've done I've definitely done spell work in my time that has been aggressive, um, negative, uh, an intentional um, hit. I've you know, uh-huh. definitely never gone I've never tried to curse death on someone I think that that's ridiculous but I, um, you know, I've definitely tried to hurt someone's life uh, uh-huh. and I felt very justified at the time in the work that I was doing I felt that I had enough reasoning and resource and clear proof that it was justified um, uh-huh. and, and <laughs> I know many people who would say well who the hell are you you know who, what gives you the right to determine what's justified or not? So it's a it's a tricky question, and I think I think I struggle with what it means to me personally every day because it uh-huh. changes. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I, I definitely don't have a, a firm set in stone answer that doesn't change.
1: Well, that's the part of what the beauty is of the practice that we have is that it's fluid and um alive and when you think of growth and alive and and you know what do we do we we watch plants grow and we grow and we you know do different things that expand our our sense of knowledge as well as you know our physical stamina when we train for something or you know so in one way It is never going to be cut and dry. It can't be. Right. Um, Because each situation, each circumstance is got a different, you know, uh, set of parameters. Um, I just, you know, it's interesting because one of the things I was reading is it says, you know, that the means used for effective, affecting destructive um, ends is exactly the same as used for constructive purposes. It's the means of transmission that is different, that it's the magical intent and symbolism. So it is, you know, we... So how can you be defined as so separate? Because it's the same, you know, the same means that you do it with, but it has a different way of delivering it. And, uh, you know, that's where, you know, I can you know we all own the fact that when we start our work and we start exploring and everything and something happens and we are really hurt and we're really angry whatever that may be um and then we find a way to use this in in this power this energy this 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 practice to hit back and then what happens is is you have to be careful because no matter how much protection you put up, or if you do any, um, right. the, the fact that if it's truly a justified point of reference, that's one thing, but it's because I got hurt and I'm angry, um, it's going to rebound, and it did on me, mm-hmm. and that's one of my yeah. biggest lessons about what it is to use my deep, deep mind and emotion when it is... In turmoil and angry, I push it mm-hmm. but the point is mm-hmm. pushing it is there's a it's not going to it's going to backfire because you're not grounded you're not really centered, right. and, and I think that's you know when somebody's doing a centered work and it's for a specific reason that is yeah of a destructive nature um then I think you've got a different point of reference, and I'm not saying, you know, again, it's everything is um, its own decision of whether or not this is right or wrong. I tend to draw lines at killing people, you know. Um, right, right. That, you know, <laughs> there, there are so many people that lose themselves in their, Anger and hurt, and you know this this dynamic that killing becomes the ultimate way, and sometimes the people they want to harm really isn't the person they're after it's what they think is the person that caused it and really isn't so right it's right you know we have and as practitioners and people who work with people we're constantly being um presented with these these things that people are are going through and they want something to take care of it or get it and you like uh, you know we got to get you centered we have to you know it's not mm-hmm. this so right um, well, it's taking action and making
2: decisions when you're in a place of turmoil or crisis and that's never a good idea you know uh-huh. and I know that's that's when i look back on some of the Magical or spiritual poor choices, (laughs) let's say, that I've made, it's often been because I was triggered or desperate. And I just Uh needed to feel like I could take back some amount of control. I needed to feel like I could, like I had some power in situations Uh where I may have felt powerless or out of control. And that's Uh okay. But if the reaction is not like, okay, I need to take my power back, but I need to go and, you know, make someone's car run into a tree because I'm so angry, that is a moment to take a step back and take a breath and give yourself some space before taking that action. You know, if you take a day or two or three and you're like, nope, I'm still clear, that's what I want to do, it's tree crashing time, then you have to rectify the what will come back to you from that working. Right, um, right. But, but just doing something in the moment because you're triggered or desperate or angry usually mm. leads to bad decisions and bad outcomes. Um, uh-huh. And even if those, those actions or spells are effective, the outcome may be something you really regret, uh, you know, think of all the regular poor choices you may have made in your life when you've done something out of desperation or fear or anger. Often, the outcome of just a regular mundane choice is no mm-hmm. bueno. You know,
1: why exactly. magical or
2: spiritual fire to that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I totally, and it's interesting because I think it's it's wisdom. It's the knowledge that you have to use all these different things, but then it's the wisdom to know where and when and how to use the things that you now have the knowledge of. And uh, that's a learning process for every step of the way we live this life and choose to be, you know, work with magical um, principles and and magic and and spells and all the things. Mm -hmm. It's... um, you know, a very personal thing, but it's also be aware of all of what you wrought because, you know, I don't like sounding like any kind of Christian. There is a there is a reckoning. It isn't like somebody sitting up there going, and you did this and this and this.
2: It's mm-hmm. just the
1: way the energy responds back in. It kind of moves out right. and comes back in like a ocean wave. So you kind of, you know, you throw mm-hmm. out... Fast moving, tumultuous water, and it sprays right back at you and, and soaks you, and you're like, uh, I didn't want to do that. Yeah, you know, well, right, right, you know.
2: Well, I've so. been bringing
1: this up a lot too
2: lately. Over the, you know, at Delphi, the, where the oracles in ancient Greece were, uh, right above the temple before you walked in, it, there were words in Greek that said, Know thyself. And that is uh-huh. one of the spiritual precepts, right? Like all of this playing at witchcraft, all of the doing the spells and invoking the elements and calling on the gods, all of that is lovely. But the bottom line of this whole crazy thing that we're doing, us witches and pagans, is to know thyself. And the more you understand yourself and the way you behave and, and your triggers and your machinations and the things that get you excited and the things that scare you, the more you understand yourself, the more powerful you become and the less mm-hmm. interested in that bullshit and revenge and uh, and the things that are a waste of our time and energy like the more firm and solid and grounded you are as a human the stronger your magic is and the less interested you are in using
1: that magic
2: for bullshit you know
1: yeah mhm well set really well set yeah so and we and that's <sighs> You know, if you are, it's like a child. A child wants something, they want it. I, My lovely three-year-old granddaughter, um, my daughter was saying the other day she couldn't talk to me because... Uh, my granddaughter was basically having a meltdown and pitching a fit, and I've been around for some of it, obviously, when I'm there, and I understand. And that's what happens when we don't get what we want. We are still that child yeah. inside. And then what we do, though, is it's overlaid with the adult and those other things, and we we just lash out and we need to have a place to dispel a lot of that so we can come back to a more modicum-based energy or at least stop ourselves from, you know, taking out the kitchen knife and running after somebody. Um, But, you know, there's always the fact that, as we have talked about recently, is defense. You know, you have a certain thing. Somebody tries to break into your house, you're going to defend your home. And, you know, the old... (laughs) Is you know somebody breaks in and you hurt them, you need to make sure you drag them inside because there is a fine line about in the in law and in in the in the way things are enforced is that they have to be inside doing something they're not supposed to be doing in your house to make it truly a justified uh, action. So it kind of tells you you have to be really clear this is a justified magical action.
2: Right, right. It's tricky.
1: It is tricky, very yeah. tricky.
2: So, well, but we should probably take a break. That's a good idea. And then when we come back, <laughs> I would love to discuss more about some of the origins of this term, um, like the occult origins, and then we can, uh-huh. you know, babble about whatever else.
1: <laughs> okay, sounds good, darling. Okay, we'll be All right.
0: On the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo, Hoodoo Root, or Catherine Ironwood and Condrum Ollie. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Route Radio with Lady Muse. Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. All-time specific, add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com.
2: Well, we short go. but
1: sweet, okay. yeah, okay. okay, all right, so all right, origins of the left hand path,
2: yes, so how- well, and how it came used in modern witchcraft um i understand you know as i mentioned earlier in the show i understand why it's become a revived concept in the last few years especially as um we're becoming more conscientious of the language that we use and how it might impact other people which is good uh-huh. 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 but the the actual terms are stolen from hindu tradition which is always fascinating to to go deep into some of our occult systems and see how much we've borrowed <laughs> uh-huh. from, from you know, Hindu or, or, or tantric or whatever uh, systems. But Madame Blavatsky is actually the one that brought these terms into the modern occult system in the uh, late 1800s. Uh-huh. Um, she was very involved with the occult and the Theosoph- theosophical society, which is super easy to say. Really fast, <laughs> um, and it's actually from the. And, and I d- hope I don't mutilate this term, Vamachara. And Vamachara is a Sanskrit word, and it means left-handed attainment, which we have turned into the left-hand path. But in uh-huh. in the in the Vedic systems and tantric systems, there is the right-hand path, which is the more orthodox training. Uh -uh. And then there's the left-hand path or the Vamachara systems that are more anti-orthodox or heterodox, which is a term I didn't know until today, (laughs) by the way, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Madame Lelassi learned these terms when she was studying Tantra, when she was learning about Hindu society. And a lot of it was that in certain Hindu um, societal Mm. um, religious right? Uh, in temple, uh-huh. temple was the word my brain was trying to grab, Jeez, having sexual intercourse, drinking, eating certain kinds of food, or assembling in any way where the dead were, were all considered uh, bad. That's not something you did during a religious ceremony. Um, and the people who practiced the left-handed way did those things, but they did them intentionally in order to break taboos and open up from a spiritual perspective, from a left-hand perspective. Uh-huh. So you can see how this has sort of almost been, you know, bastardized or tweaked or, or westernized to fit into our, more of our occult system. And it actually, the, the left-hand, right-hand break apart is no less, um, problematic with its r- racial tension um, also it has some uh, um, homophobic con- constructs to it in the early days of its usage in the occult systems of the late 1800s and early 1900s and it wasn't really until the 70s um, that it sort of became used in this way that wasn't quite so negative uh-huh. um, and of course Who is the person who brought it into the modern? Anton LaVey, the father of Satanism in modern pagan paths. So it's a weird, um, it's got a weird history (laughs) using these words. They don't necessarily perfectly fit. And black and white magic don't necessarily perfectly fit either. And even to take it even one more step, as far as I'm concerned, magic doesn't work that way. It's not black and white. It's not this or that. It's not left or right. It's much more complicated. Uh, It's gray. It's this, you know, in between. Uh, I think Victor Anderson, the father of the fairy tradition was, uh, I, I believe this is a quote from him. He said, white magic is poetry. And black magic is anything that works. Uh, so you know, it's, it's it's all in how you use it and what your intention is and and where you're coming from. And I think I do feel that right. Using the words left and right are a little bit more respectful to all of the people who may be practicing. Um, and I bet there are people who find it really irritating <laughs> or think it's stupid or think it's just as offensive or whatever.
1: <laughs> right, right. And even even the use of, you know, I was thinking I tend to call the left-hand path or, the, le- you know, that kind of magic coercive. But when you think right. about it, doing a love spell can be technically considered coercive. Right. Yeah, so, it can,
2: Absolutely. especially if you're going after a specific person
1: right right yeah so it is it, it, it there is no going back to you know what we were saying at the first half there is no defined way of you know having a line and you say on the this side it's this and on that side it's the other and um I know that at some point part of the concept of left and right hand path was also put through the kabbalistic point of reference of the pillars that they have, the left pillar and the right pillar and then of course the right. central one is the uh, is technically the one of love. It's the it's the one that is the balancer. Um so you've got that you've got the the concepts um one of the people that really put out um and this is still to this day a really good source for defensive magic is um mm-hmm. the unfortunate you know yeah. and she came from the same time frame actually as Blavatsky and all that that particular um resurgence process but um we we look at the, the the history, we see the history, and it, it's presenting us still with the concept. I understand, you know, left and right is better. But just like you, I'm I'm right-handed. But the point is, is I have a lot of people who are left-handed, and I feel really kind of disturbed that when you talk about left-handed, it it becomes the the um coercive, dark, you know, the really harsh uh, path of magic. So I kind of, I have my own issue even with left and right, but it is better than the white and black. Well, and from
2: a Satanist perspective, which does need to be talked about, because You know, it's only been, at least for me, I've only noticed modern pagans using the term left and right hand magic for like the last two or three years. I Uh don't really remember people using those terms before. So this kind of has been co-opted from the satanic church and from satanism. And as far as their constructs are concerned, left hand magic is magic for me. And that might be considered greedy or egotistical or, or whatever, but it's for me. It's magic for me to get ahead, where right-hand magic is magic for everyone. It's magic for the culture. It's magic for the community. Uh, and so it's considered a little bit more soft or, or twee, whatever, uh-huh. because it's like, I want, I want everyone to get along. I want everyone to be happy, where the left-handed magic is like, I could give a fuck about everybody else. What about me? Which is a very uh-huh. interesting Satan Satanism perspective. Satanism. Yeah. Satan generally are focused on my, me as an individual, my experience in this world and how I can better my experience in this world. Right. Uh Uh, And and that's not true of all of paganism and witchcraft where there's often a focus on community and how do we serve community and how do we help the world? How do we help the planet? Right. Uh So, Uh uh, It is tricky and problematic, as is virtually everything we talk about on this show, because there's no one answer to anything ever.
1: (laughs) Right, and that may be. It's both liberating, but it is. You you gotta you gotta you know the old saying: put your big girl panties on and and grow up. I mean, it means being part of the the holistic point of reference, as opposed to just for me whatever that may mean and um interesting that when we get to any conversation about the left hand path the dark path um we talk about you know i mean we all know the the use of demons and the use of the spirits to bind and all these you know the the more esoteric version of some of this is um Part of, again, that working that that shot off, you have the Satanists, you have a version of what they have put together, and then you have this other side, whether it's Hindu or it's any other you know uh, culture's path, spiritual path, is all about having an ally and they do your bidding. And I mean, right. we even talk about animal familiars, you know uh doing bidding, even the the old traditional ways of looking at the witch with the black cat that did the bidding, you know that kind of stuff yeah. it it's yeah. versus we're well, basically they're helping us through whatever the means are rather than they are our servants, mhm, but um, and I don't know, I guess that's. You know, I, I consider my computer kind of, I don't want to call her a servant. I i would just call her part of my world, but people treat their electronics as servants. They do what they need to do. They expect them to oh, yeah. turn on and work. So, oh, yeah. I kinda, There's a whole, we might actually do a
2: show about this at some point. There is a whole <laughs> fascinating and interesting uh, underbelly of Internet magic and Internet witchcraft that's like this secret and it's not talked about very openly, but it's uh-huh. it, its interesting because there is this theory that our uh, our computers, our phones are like demons or angels or spirits and we control them. It, it's uh-huh. fascinating.
1: It's fascinating. Uh-huh. The things wow.
2: people come up with never cease to amaze me.
1: I know, I know we're such creative creatures, really. When you think about it, I mean, we 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 do this whole creative process and then, you know, we have these things happen. And I guess that's part of that's part of what happens. I mean, I know for a long time you know, there was a lot that I wanted, I I wanted, I needed, mm-hmm. I deserved. And um, it's not to say that I don't feel some of those issues are still valid. I mean, a comfortable life, you know, good yeah. place to live, things like that. But, you know, other parts of the world that you would say fame and fortune and, and all of these great things and a wonderful body and all the stuff that you go with. And uh, I guess as I have travel the path, it's kind of like, and you're confronted with different things. Sometimes the mortality that you exist on this planet on is like, what's really important, you know, and is having that person in my life forever until I choose to let them go or they die um, important? Is it important to have all this money and, you know, whatever? Yeah, I mean, we see it in some of the different things that are out there presently as being the ultimate way to feel safe, but mm-hmm. um, it's basically inside, you know, it's safe inside. But a whole nother point of reference, but, you know, you know, and, and yeah. uh, I find that they, you know, when, whatever I was researching, and it's, again, it isn't they try to use left and right-hand path, but they kind of fall back because some of this is dated material, and to black mm-hmm. and white. But they, they talk about the different you know, the different kinds, and like you use, you know, if you're using, um, they would call it wrath and chastisement and coercion. And, you know, I think that in some ways that describes a lot of what you want to do with this kind of energy is that you, right. you either blast it, which is more Mars, or you you bind it or inhibit it, which is more Saturn, which I found mm-hmm. kind of interesting, just the way they were describing it, because again, I don't use a lot of this, and when I did, right, you know, throw my energy around in whatever form, I wasn't doing, I didn't have the intellectual information, I was just doing it because I wanted it, you know, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I
2: think that's not uncommon, Elvira. I think people come to, especially people who were not raised in witchcraft or paganism, which is a growing community. We have a lot more people who have been raised in this system. But most Uh people don't. Most people are not raised in this system. They stumble into it at some point in their life because they're looking for empowerment. They're looking uh-huh. to take their power back. They're looking to feel connected to the earth, which is a powerful feeling to feel like you're connected uh-huh. to the earth. You know, uh-huh. So it's not surprising that, we all go through this phase or period or, or many moments where we're like, Well, fuck that. I'm going to go do a spell and I'm going to fix you up or I'm going to deal with this situation because this being in this system makes us feel powerful because we are. Uh-huh. And it's really the old, at least for me, because I did, I did try on a lot of religions in my youth. I really wanted to have a faith. And this is the one that stuck. And it, it, it makes me feel powerful. It shows me where my power lives. It shows me how to access it. So once I know how to access it, why wouldn't I use it? You know? And right. So that's when we also need to develop discernment. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Great word. Love that word. <laughs> because, obviously, when we learn that word and we really learn it, we don't just... Yeah. Look it up in a dictionary and go. Oh, that's what it means. Uh, <laughs> it becomes it becomes a way of of walking in the world. It's like, do I want to walk down a very dark, scary path in the middle of the night? in a place that we know is ridden with all kinds of dangers, or do I want to stay maybe to a more lit path or a more well-marked path or something that is a better, you know, it's it's what we choose. I mean, there may be a time when we want to go into the vision quest of darkness and, and do that, but for the most part, I don't think I want to live my life doing that. I mean, I find that... It's not the easier path to work with discernment. It's actually a very hard path because every time you're presented with a client who wants something that is in emotional distress and Mm -hmm. scared, every time you are faced with a discerning point of reference of where and how do I offer um, assistance and guidance if if it can be done. And that's just externally and that's what you do every day of your life you know when you're presented with different things like today i would have liked to have taken a few of the traffic people and you know sort of done one of those um take your hand and just move it across and all the 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 weird cars move aside and they fly off to the side and you know left and right computer graphics be beautiful um But I I kind of went, okay, so this is something to be quiet and just take a little breath here deep and move on because I was watching, you know, people do stupid things and I just was like, okay, I'll just keep a little farther back and, you know, and then I'll get off. It didn't didn't matter which direction I was going. It sort of seemed to be the flow of what was going in traffic. But it's that's what you have to do. (laughs) You have to check what's going on around you and then gear gear back even in your daily life. Yeah.
2: yeah you know. Absolutely. So. Yeah, but
1: and there isn't to say that I don't feel, you know, righteous wrath when it comes to the things that have happened in the more recent past politically um in our country, but there is another energy and it's interesting because, and I'm not going to give away the ending of this really great book. It's the newest Dan Brown book called Origins. But mm. at the very end, of, it's like 107 chapters, but the last, um, say, nine chapters talks about the main character, is not Langdon, but the main character that they have it built around. is talking about the origins of life and mm. where we're going and you know the two questions in ours where have we come from and where are we going? And what came forward in the in this this particular uh written form and, and what was being given was so inspiring. I mean, I'm still thinking about what it really means and it how it affects us even in what we're seeing here in our particular corner of the world called the United States of America. So yeah. um, sometimes it's, it's part of a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're moving right along on that. Now I know that we're coming close to our time. I don't know how much time yeah. left we have, but do you have any last yeah. words yeah. about this wonderful topic? No, you know, I, I,
2: I, the only thing I would say is what I've already said. You know, and that this is <laughs> that this is these are complex philosophical ideas, and, uh-huh. and there are hundreds of books written on these topics. There's a ridiculous amount of words on the internet written about these topics, and the bottom line is, it doesn't matter what anyone else says about it. You have to come to terms with your actions. Period. You are responsible uh-huh. for everything you do. And if you feel good with all the actions that you take, then awesome. But Uh you're responsible for all of your actions. And that includes magic and spell work and how you approach the spirits and the gods. So Uh do things with intention, do things with clarity, understand your motivations, know thyself,
1: you know? Exactly. Exactly. Well said. And with that, well, heck, we're just. You know, we're, we're we have that moment of clarity now. Obviously, now obviously, going from left hand path to yeah. next week, we're doing hand pasting and hand parting, which you know is kind of <laughs> another version of <laughs> what I want and what I don't want, kind of a thing. Right, right. Yes.
2: And then we have coming up a ask the witch episode. So, please, please go to our website, which is com, and fill out our little questionnaire. If there's a question you would like us to answer, if there is a topic you'd like us to banter about, or if you want us to do a reading on a situation that you've got going on in your life, please go to our website, com and submit your question. Uh, We don't usually get to all of the questions that come in, but we definitely try so please do write us, and, um, yeah,
1: we'll talk about what
2: you're curious about.
1: Of course. And we we definitely are. It's always a joy, and it's a challenge. So it yes. is a lively encounter of uh, our audience and us.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: So and i think we've got a couple of minutes i don't know i'm kind of looking at my clock and i can't you know quite look at it as a thing but yeah, i know that we're right about there yeah we're right about there so mm-hmm. but i and i guess the last you know our words of wisdom thrown out on the the ocean is discernment pause yeah. take yeah. a couple of breaths or more before mm-hmm making any critical steps about yeah. what it is that you're looking to use this kind of magic for.
2: Absolutely. hmm hmm Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Well, and on that note. <laughs> I think we can we can depart, and yes. I will be prepared to go off to the mystic fair tomorrow. tomorrow have and an
2: excellent weekend, being mystical. Thank you.
1: And you, my dear, have an excellent play and uh, organization. I actually stopped in briefly today. I didn't get a chance to really wander around, but I was told about the new things that were going to be there, which of course is a good thing
2: for me not to see them until after the weekend when you get there. Oh, that's right. You'll be there tomorrow because
1: you'll be at the Mystic
2: Fair. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right.
1: (laughs) So. Shucks and darn, but, you know, yeah. there you are. So, yeah. But okay, okay, my dear, it was a, a wonderful experience with always coming up with these ideas and, and you know, pushing them around yeah. on the board here. Yeah, and thanks, y'all, for listening. Yeah. And we will see you next week on the radio. Bye-bye. Bye.